Hello, and welcome to Spoiler Alert, a weekly talk radio show for movie lovers. I'm your lady host, Sonia Stanger, and with me as always are the killer Dillerist co-hosts, this side of anywhere, Sean Dunham and Jeremy Legui. Hey. Hey, boys. Starting this week, we here at Spoiler Alert are embarking on our first ever episode series. <gasps> Over the next several weeks, we will be exploring the first decades of American cinema in a series we call Hollywood's Golden Age. To start the series off, we're talking about a hilarious subgenre called screwball comedies. And as an extra special treat to kick the series off in style, we are joined by the prodigious progenitor, the mother of old movie fans, and the person in my life who holds the hands-down record for most hours spent watching Turner Classic Movies, my mom, Son- <laughs> that's my name, <laughs> oh my God. Dawn Stanger. Oh, she Welcome, Ma. So hard. Hello, thanks for having me, you <laughs> lovely hosts. Welcome. That was embarrassing. Wow, Sonia, let's start again. Because everyone, yeah, can we take that again? Let's start the show over. I was like, wow, I got through prodigious progenitor, but I couldn't <laughs> say my own mother's name instead of mine. The last name threw me off. Now, the show is called Spoiler Alert, so be sure to keep your ears peeled for spoilers like this one. There is a leopard on your roof, and it's my leopard, and I have to get it, and to get it, I have to sing. <laughs> That's my Catherine Hepburn impression. It's good. Kathy's okay. here with us. <laughs> so... Folks, what is a screwball comedy, first of all? Well, I feel like, Don, you should take this yeah. take this moment. Don does happen to have a small novel in fr- front of her. Perhaps a, a novel. Don's put some work in. Yeah, and uh, we got to get through this bad boy. Well... Do you have a deaf in there? I was quite... I'm so nervous to be on with you. Um, but I do know this, but I also am of an age where things I know suddenly leave my head. <laughs> so I had to write a lot of things Fair down. Enough. Um, and I do feel like I probably am the person who should answer this. Um, because uh, you were there? or yeah, Because <laughs> as Sonia says, I have probably watched more Turner Classic Movies. And before Turner Classic Movies, the way I got into classic movies was watching CBC Late Night. Nice. So uh, what's a screwball comedy? Yeah, uh, it's a, uh, a subgenre. It's a comedy uh, that people say is a classic um, movie made sometime between a comedy between 1934 and 1942. Mm-hmm. But just like um, calling you a millennial, those years can move around a bit. Mm. And what defines the subgenre? Mistaken identities. Battle of the sexes, misleading circumstances, crazy, weird things happening in a movie with lots of slapstick comedy and amazing dialogue. Wow. That was a really good summary. That covers. That, like, really covers it. (laughs) Um, I hope I didn't take up all the stuff. (laughs) No, not at all. We always have stuff to talk about. Plus, honestly, you could just read from your uh, large volume of text there. Not to mention the fact that in five minutes from now, Sonia and I are going to be arguing about something. (laughs) We're due. We're due for it. Yeah. Uh, Boys, what would you say are your favorite elements of a screwball comedy? I'll jump in here. My favorite is that the actors all take it super serious. Mm -hmm. And... uh, you know, I think of like the Will Ferrells and all the the funny folks of today who have like styles obviously, you know, threaded into these kinds of things. And I think it was like a, a hard break from like the vaudeville of like 
this is what Chaplin does. Mm. But you know, oh, we're, well, we're going to talk a whole lot about uh, particular gentlemen, so we'll we'll keep that. We'll, we'll save that for later. I mean, we can talk about them now if you want. No, this, we'll say. But I, I do think all these people are like, I'm a serious actor, mm. and I am a thespian, and I will, you know, berate this person over 27 tele, er, telephones that <laughs> litter this table, and uh, I'm going to, you know, do my best to make this a serious role, which is hilarious. Like, yeah. It is ridiculous. But there is such a seriousness to all of them doing this, even if it's funny, mm-hmm. that... Uh, I that's the most charming element for me. It it gets me every single time. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, that's the best part. There is something amazing about a classically trained actor delivering the dumbest line. <laughs> in a serious way. Or like tripping over everything in sight. Yeah. I uh, I also yeah, screwball comedies for me, I was overwhelmed by the one-liners packed into like oh, so true. every opening scene is just like Yeah. Like and what happened? It happened one night. It, she like is on a bus and falls into his lap, and he's like, hey, next time you drop in, why don't you bring a parent? It's just like things that nobody would ever say. Yeah. But it's like amazing to hear someone say. I feel like watching screwball comedies, it's almost like when you're first watching a Shakespeare play, and you like have to get used to the rhythm and the cadence of it to fully understand what's going on and become fully immersed. Yeah. And then afterwards, I find myself being like, See? <laughs> well. And did. also, I think that uh, you can watch them over and over again mm. and always get something new. Because, for example, in His Girl Friday, mm-hmm. the dialogue is so fast, so mm. furious, and in fact overlapping, that you miss things the first couple of times. So you can watch it over and over again and you pick up stuff. And that's actually the only way I can get your father and my husband to uh, watch these over and over again is because occasionally he'll come up with a new gem that tickles <laughs> his funny bone. Um, I just watched His Girl Friday for the first time this week, and uh, it is it was amazing. And the dialogue, I was researching it because and the screenwriter had sort of written the dialogue in a way that the be- like the parts that kept the plot going are in the middle of the sentence, so mm. you were like encouraging everyone to step on each other's lines because it is furiously flying in this movie. So one of my favorite directors directed this, Howard Hawks, and one of the things that he tried to do with uh, his Girl Friday is he wanted to have a screwball com- he wanted to have the fastest dialogue for a screwball comedy every every time for of any of the movies ever mm-hmm. made. And in fact, um the <clears throat> the male lead who we'll talk about i think later carrie grant he's oh, yeah. absolutely one of my favorites um uh, was so good at this and rosalind russell was very very nervous about it mm. so she actually hired a vo- voice coach to help her do improv and to help her deliver and get lines going faster because there are actually a lot of improv moments mm. in the, in these f- films. Um, I was also reading, because of the improv, she was nervous and she didn't think her lines were very good or like the things that were written. So she also hired someone to punch up her lines <laughs> a personal that, she would, punch up? that she would deliver in the improv and make it seem like she was delivering them. And nobody knew it except for Cary Grant and he would rib her heavily about it. Yeah. I, uh, Such I, a gentleman. I have to admit something. Ed, this seems poignant time to do so. Anyway, I've seen this movie probably like probably six times, most recently this week. I had to watch it once in school. And in school, we used to do this dirty trick where you can make the, the video play faster. 
because you got to get the paper written. Yeah. Right? So we would watch it at like 1.5 speed oh or like 1.6 speed. And uh, it's it's pretty goofy, like when they, you know, they do a lot of the stuff. But when I was watching it, uh, there's the scene where they've, you know, well, near the end where they're sort of grabbing all the phones. Mm-hmm. And it's just so weird now to see someone use the phone that way. And uh, just for like a, a tickle, I had to like speed up the video on YouTube to like twice as fast to see them like do all this stuff. Anyway, check it out sometimes. It's If you want the real film school that experience, you can like double up some speeds on stuff. But, uh, I feel like wow, I w- Jeremy, you wouldn't that, be able to keep up. That life hag. It's, yeah. uh, it's, sometimes the dialogue is inaudible, and you oh. have to go back. Oh, Absolutely. for that. Yeah. And one of the things that I love about that particular film, but also most uh, almost all the screwball comedies in this uh, particular genre, is um, the character actors. Mm. You've got the, the leads who are really important, but you've got so many of those. And oftentimes stereotypes yeah you've got the grouchy matron mm. with the large shelf and <laughs> the large shelf i like <laughs> See, yeah. i didn't really use an inappropriate myself. word on air there proud of you um you've got <laughs> the sort of the the mystified neighbor or the really stupid policeman yeah and mm-hmm. his girl mm-hmm. friday you've got that in bringing our baby an old lace Arsenic and Olay's. Yeah. One of my favorite scenes ever is in Bringing Up Baby when they again are doing the overlapping crazy dialogue when they're all in jail. In the jail, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so the the the, the uh, character actors that are involved mm-hmm. as supporting actors are just really great to watch. And we watched a really great one together on the weekend called Great Ball of Fire. No, no Ball, Ball of, of fire. fire. Great Ball of Fire. Ooh, Ooh. Ooh. gracious. I know. <laughs> really shaming, <laughs> bringing shame to the family name here. Uh, Ball of Fire. Um, and there were so many character actors in that one. Yeah. So many. That's a, a really great one that stars Carrie Cooper. And the All the Carries. Gary, Gary Cooper, oh. who's who actually was kind of a you know is a very once again as you said Jeremy classical actor, yeah, taking his role very seriously, mm. and the amazing Barbara Stanwyck who oh, she made incredible. the change over f- through the Hayes Code into screwball comedy, and the costumes by Elizabeth, Edith Head were oh. unbelievable in this movie. Yeah, you have to watch that one, Sean, also because the main character's name is Sugarpuss. <laughs> Sugarpuss <laughs> O'Shea. I that. Sugarpuss O'Shea. She's a lounge singer and she better be. ne'er-do-well. And she if Sugarpuss O'Shea voice. was just like a lunch counter worker, she would <laughs> and everything not she have wears the glamour. Is incredible. And she's a singer. Yeah. A lounge singer. Mom's and doing air quotes, air quotes right now. Air Sorry, quotes. air quotes. <laughs> But that radio imply that she's not singing. Well, but because of when it was made and because yeah. it was a screwball comedy, that's what she had to be. And I don't know how to do the segue to the Hayes Code here. Well, let me do it for you, Ma, because I'm hosting. Hey, Ma. <laughs> Just in case you're wondering, you're listening to Spoiler Alert on 91.3 FM CJTR Regina Community Radio. And we are talking about Hollywood's golden age and specifically about screwball comedies, which is why I'm talking so fast right now. <laughs> um, so there are a lot of elements, some of which Mum will tell us about, I'm sure, um, that contributed to sort of the style of this subgenre. Um, one of them, I think, is probably the Hayes Code. So, Mom, can you give listeners out there a little primer on what the Hayes Code is? Was I hope so. Um, 
Uh, my favorite, po- the reason I know about the Hayes Code is because of my favorite podcast, which Sonia introduced me to, which is... Uh, um, you must remember you must this. Which is absolutely fabulous and talks about the golden age of Hollywood. But uh, what happened was uh, in the 20s, things were a little bit on the edge in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. and racy. Uh, <laughs> racy and uh, what we would call now the... Um, moral majority or the mm. socially conservative were upset and they wanted to have the movie moguls smarten up and do things in a more family-oriented way mm. and they went "Ooh, well if we don't do something we're gonna have that we're gonna get um directed by the government so they came up with the Hayes code which was a code which meant you couldn't put anything racy on mm. so if barbara stanwick was a call girl she could no longer be a call girl she had to be a Lounge, lounge singer. singer. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the code really forced a lot of movie makers, directors, writers, screenplay to actually come up with creative ways to put what could be really boring subjects mm. into a new and interesting creative light. And that was what many say helped to create the screwball comedy. Mm. That's interesting. So, like, basically, so when you have, for example, um, in. Uh, What's that movie with Cary Grant that we were literally bringing up baby? <laughs> I was like, oh, of all of them? See, that's just why I have notes. Night. That's why you have notes. Um, is that why it's like, okay, this is, we're making a movie about a guy who runs a museum and needs to get a donation from a wealthy woman? Like, is that where that comes from? Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Also, situations where people might be, uh, that's where I think you come up with these really crazy situations that wouldn't normally be. Mm. Um, there's like being no, shipped a leopard? Yeah. <laughs> uh, or, you know, um, there's, no, there's no sex, there's no violence, there's nothing racy that can be put mm. into mm. a screwball comedy so they had to or anything with the Hayes Code. Mm. So, to be entertained. So they really had to rely, to rely on dialogue and, mm-hmm. nice and creativity, mm-hmm. which is great. And I wish we could go back to a more a concentration on dialogue. I wish we could go back to censorship in film. <laughs> a little bit, well, <laughs> in some ways. I no, think I got well. I got problems with the censorship on film. I just want to go on record. With Talk them. about it, Jer. Well, it's I don't know. Go I, off. It's I uh. I, I I do I do like the idea of sort of breaking these things down about like what could baby have been at some point when some guy was writing it with a cigarette in his mouth mm. and then he found out he had to like mad lib it to keep his job or something yeah. which may or may not have happened but uh you know there's people who kind of get good at this sort of thing right mm. and it's always satirized with like oh you know you need a you know a leading man a leading lady and a maid with a large shelf and then you get yourself uh you know etc and that's forth but uh i think that's how like guys like cary grant you know put food on the table Mm. proverbially or you know stacks of cash in the vault either which whichever way you want to talk about it but uh the Hayes yeah. Code also was kind of BS because it was it was really Hollywood, you know, sort of censoring itself. Like paying lip service. But it really was not, you know, the moguls, when they wanted to make something, they made it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right? So it was kind of BS. See, I said that. And yeah, swear. <laughs> that was twice. I'm so proud of you. Um, you had other things you wanted to talk about in terms of what contributed to the advent of this subgenre well i think that it's interesting when you start thinking about it it's um it's the Hayes code mm-hmm. but it was also the great depression mm. and the great depression 
people wanted to be entertained. And um, some of the things I was reading as I was preparing for this were talking about how in some of the screwball comedies there was class um, mm. uh, conflict because between the rich and the poor. So in It Happened One Night, mm-hmm. she's rich, but he's poor. And how they come together. And I, the audience, I feel like the audience loves seeing her getting dragged down a peg. So yeah. She is put through it in this. My Man Godfrey is another one. Mm-hmm. Not one of my favorites, but has one of my favorite actors, William Powell. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that is definitely another one that's the same way. Uh, that, that shows the class differences. She is so helpless. She can't even eat a carrot, or she <laughs> won't eat a carrot. <laughs> oh, it's just, yeah. Well, and even how Katherine Hepburn is such a parody of a human being, of like a flighty, rich, thoughtless human being and bringing up baby. Like, she's a, she's a pure lunatic. And she's a delight to watch because <laughs> Catherine Hepburn is amazing. But you have to be skilled to own a jaguar. Yeah. Oh, so. yeah. Who's the real jaguar? Exactly. Yeah. And also, Sean, you need to watch that one for what she wears because the veils, the hats, the collars. I like a daytime veil. It's incredible. <laughs> the, the slapstick. Mm, she, both of them. So Catherine Hepburn and Cary Grant like doing physical comedy in the same movie is almost too much for me. It's so wonderful. I can't even imagine her doing anything besides walking briskly. <laughs> she brings that same energy to tripping over things. Or in the one scene where she's in she a bar a- and she he ri- he steps on her dress and rips the back out of it and they have to walk together with him behind her shielding her so that she for a while be showing her underwear. she's telling him they've had a conflict she's telling him off quickly neither of them can ever get a word in edgewise she's trying to walk away from him and he's trying to stop her because he knows her dress is ripped so then he like takes his top hat which has previously been squished and tries to cover her butt with it and then she gets mad because he grabs her butt and then she realizes what's happened and then they have to walk through the restaurant with him walking behind her like it's just it's stunning to behold (laughs) and i love it Did you cover all your elements? Uh, there's one more. Okay. And I feel like we've kind of touched on it. Okay. And that is uh, sound was a new technology. Mm. How new technologies affect creativity sometimes. <clears throat> um, uh, you know, you think about 1934. It was the adoption of sound. So, so while slapstick remained, mm-hmm. um, a lot of what made Chaplin great wasn't you know the dialogue um they suddenly had dialogue and they used it mm-hmm. like truly yeah mm-hmm. amazing well it's a, it's a big flashy new thing right it's like th- it's like the 3d of mm-hmm. the of the time and he goes oh you know oh i don't care about watching my pictures with sound it's fine the piano in the corner is okay. exactly and then people started oh yeah this is way better it is, this is, this is significantly dialogue. better mm-hmm. yeah and, okay, are we ready to talk about the specific leading man now? Let's do it. Because speaking of sound, one of the things he does so truly brilliantly well are the, like, non-verbal noises that he makes in exclamation. <laughs> like, the grunting, the, like, screeching, the gas. Like, he serves so much face also, but, like, the noises are great. And that's one of the things I think he was great at. He's the best. And also, when you were talking about just, like, his physicality, he... Mm-hmm. Was like trained as a clown and is yeah. like a stilt walker and is like a full, like, like, f- you know, a performer in that way and only sort of drifted into this mid Atlantic, like, uh, leading man, like, after that. So he's got, he's got skills in so oh, many ways. Oh, he's got skills. I, uh, I, Cary Grant and I have such a strange relationship 
because I had no idea you. That's it's very, so it's wonderful. Very, it's so yeah. odd. I saw North by Northwest first. Oh, and so like that is like what he was, and oh. then to go like, go back like it's like oh yeah, this is what he did before he was cool. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, and uh, it's just you, you know you 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 watch someone's career and it makes sense Mm -hmm. but you're you know like oh this is like you know this is some really interesting stuff and you know he's taking a lot from that and then you go back to like again his girl friday it's just like what is he doing yeah like what is he what is he chosen to do here or the uh, philadelphia story yeah or bringing up baby see jeremy you made me think about something different no there we go i did it because I absolutely have that same experience, but in a totally opposite way. Well, that, yeah. I first knew him from the screwball comedy, mm. and then I actually saw his first commercially successful movie, in which is it's pre-code. It's extremely dark. What is it? It's British, and I can't remember the name. I'm on it. Someone and it. he is so vile and so evil. He's this ne'er-do-well who is like mm. uh, is a drunkard and he's horrible to his mother and he gets in trouble with the law. And I was so taken aback because he was so different in the nice all comedies. Yeah. Even though in His Girl Friday he is a real cad. Oh, yeah. And not a, not a nice fella either, <laughs> but also a very charming. Sonia, can I ask nice you a man. question about His Girl Friday? Uh-huh. Okay, for those who don't know, it is about a woman who returns to her newspaper job to quit it because her ex-husband is running the newspaper. Mm-hmm. And he's an unscrupulous editor. Yes, and he's doing things to keep her there with her new fiancé. Because she's so good. Yeah, and things explode in every way, shape, or form. I have to ask you, Sonia, mm-hmm. how are you okay with this movie? <sighs> it's complicated, Jeremy. I, uh, that was, I watched it, and I, I was like, you said you love this movie, this is the worst relationship of all time. They are. This is not healthy. I feel that way about so many of these films from this era. Absolutely. Though. Like their gender is so complicated, and I have a whole question about gender, which mm-hmm. like we don't necessarily have time to get to before sure. the break. So we'll revisit that maybe. But I think it's. I have to apply a really good deal of context in terms of like historical context, mm-hmm. and also some of it is just like Rosalind Russell's performance and the like shining beacon that she is as a human being like i'm like she's overcoming this terrible relationship that they've written her into and this like circumstance that she finds herself in does that make sense but like she's she's participating in this to- i would say toxic relationship mm-hmm. and but her first relationships with being a newspaper person <laughs> right. right but like in the end she's disappointed when she thinks that the whole thing wasn't this dance, right? Yeah, but in fact, she's mm. a career woman. She gives it this whole, I'm going to have a White House with a picket fence. Mm. I'm going to go off and marry this new guy, and we're going to be the what we're supposed to be as a woman. And she gives that up for the excitement of, of having this newspaper yeah. job and going back with a guy who's exciting. Mm-hmm. And in fact, that is part of um, the themes that run through a lot of these Mm. Philadelphia story is like that mm. where there are um it's a battle of the sexes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's a battle of the sexes when I think about it um where you actually have stri- strong female leads. And and they're complex and the power dynamics are complex. Mm-hmm. And so it's not that it's 
a relationship that you feel great about in terms of like that's a real life relationship mm-hmm. I would want to see but it's not very realistic anyway like the dialogue's not realistic the circumstances aren't realistic mm-hmm. it's not a real life depiction of what I want a woman to live through but it's so complex and messy and that woman has power right in all of these and agency yeah. and that's really what is one of the Real I think things. defining things mm-hmm. and in fact we can talk about the differences between romantic comedy mm-hmm. and screwball comedy. No, fair enough. I just, I, I, the other day I was like, these people are kind of horrible. Well, like, yeah, and like you know, the way like, that men the, talk to women in these oh, films, yeah. the like condescension, the like oh. dear and darling and infant, infantilizing, and it's exhausting. Stereotypes of things like oh, yeah. in, um, in uh, the one we watched, uh, Arsenic and Old Lace, mm-hmm. the depiction of people with mental illness. Oh, oh yeah, no, it's that's just horrible, a, yeah. right? Um, but know, it's, it's funny because it's so crazy. ridiculous. Yeah, I just thought of the line, mental illness doesn't run in my family. Gallops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're all mentally ill. Until they just yeah. quietly wrap that up at the end. And That's the thing. Like, oh, like, actually, you're not, you're not a part of the family. Everyone so is fully crazy it. in all of these movies. So no yeah. one is like... But even... And like you could talk about race. Like you mm-hmm. could talk about all of these things. Or the scene in Bringing Up Baby when he's wearing her negligee and the staunch old aunt with a large shelf, I might add. I love um, that a large shelf is everywhere. <laughs> oh, there's always a matronly Ikea's woman. There is. Putting um, everything in here. Or like the two aunties in Arsenic and Old Lace mm-hmm. both look like they're padded with pillows. <laughs> um, but the aunt comes in and he's wearing her negligee because his clothes have disappeared. And she goes... Why are you wearing those clothes? These aren't my clothes. They're her clothes. Well, why are you wearing the clothes? And he goes, I've suddenly gone gay. And you're just like, okay, that's complicated. And then it moves on. But, but it, I, I feel like the the result of all of this is mm-hmm. like, the, it, like, you two should not be together. It would be yeah. better for everyone if you guys just but called it a day. But that's so often true. Like, same with bringing up baby. You're oh, like, yeah. what does... What brings you two together? Mm-hmm. Or the way he treats his his mm-hmm. wife mm-hmm. in um, Arsenic and Old Lace, yeah. like fully neglects her for the full day. Well, he's got a lot going on. Yeah. He does have a lot and going on. In, in that one, in all honesty, the, the end is kind of satisfying because it's like, these people need to not be here. Yeah. They need to be in a safer <laughs> We need to break zone. this up. But uh, in uh, it happened one night. It really struck me when he they don't seem to get along that much. Mm. He threatens to break her neck when she wants to, a hamburger. It's a rip. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden, like literally, he's like, "I wish I could find someone that wants to go to a beach." And she's like, "I'm in love with you." <laughs> yeah, I'm right it happens here. so quickly. I was like, "When did this happen?" It is so improbable. These plots to the most to the largest the largest extent. Oh, I'm too far from the mic. Apparently. <laughs> Hope you can all hear me. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> the spice uh, of it all. <laughs> um, it, the, the plots are so improbable, that's what kind of mm-hmm. makes it fun. Oh, absolutely. But. Okay, well, we need to take a quick break here on Spoiler Alert. So collect your leopards. Make sure you're not near anything you might fall over. And uh, we're going to hear a quick word from our sponsors, and we'll be right back on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio. Welcome back to Spoiler Alert here on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio. You're here with Sonia, Jeremy, Sean. Hello. And Mama Dawn is Hi. here with us in the studio. Hi, this week, we are kicking off a new series of episodes on Hollywood's Golden Age with a discussion of screwball comedies. Uh, hey, Jeremy. Yeah, um, 
What time is it? Oh, oh, just let me pull out my, my pocket watch here. It's game time, people. I got a pocket watch that just says game time on it. <laughs> and so I can only open it once a week. Uh, it was. Is it rotary? Uh, yeah, it's expensive. I have to wind it forever. <laughs> oh my gosh. Jeez. Uh, for those who don't know, or if you're just tuning in, the game is where I spend literally minutes looking through uh, Cary Grant's uh, background to find a movie that he starred in, uh, where I tell the, these folks the title, they tell me what they think it's about, I tell them what it's really about. We all have a good, a good chuckle. So, uh, quick, quick hint. For this uh, for this week's title, uh, Cary Grant is in it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Just so we're all clear, uh, this title is called. Uh, uh, I was going to give you the year, but I don't think I'm going to do it anymore. The this week's title is Topper. Cary Grant's in a movie called Topper. Cary Grant's Seems in a movie called Topper, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Would you like to go first as the guest? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so much confidence. A lady who knows what she wants. There we go. Sean. I can go. Um, so I believe that Topper is about uh, um, two people, a man and a, a brassy lady, and mm-hmm. they, they both fight over the same mattress topper in a <laughs> in the store. It's the last one left, and so they decide that they are going to share custody of it because neither one will back down, <laughs> and then it leads them splitting it every uh, every week. They change it, and it leads to a whole bunch of. Sc- Screwball situations and shenanigans. Antics abound. And eventually they, of course, fall in love. <laughs> but, like, we don't see it coming. We That's do not see it coming. That's what I call a meet-cute. Yeah. The happy ending. Mm, the happy ending. And then they end the movie sharing the same topper. Aww. Beautiful. Sleeping on it. Mama's Danger? Uh, when I think Cary Grant, it's always a top hat. Mm. So, uh, I think, obviously, you've got to have some screwball... Uh, crazy woman who's running down the street and she bumps into Cary Grant who's a serious professor mm-hmm. or a businessman and she takes his top hat and from there the hilarity ensues. Is it like mm-hmm. a Cinderella thing? You know, she's like trying it on every man's head. I like that. Yeah, That's be... so much better than the story I'm coming up with. <laughs> we do workshops. Here. Yeah, We like to do workshops. Yeah. Okay. Well, Mom stole my idea, so uh, that's why I was second. Cary Grant, Cary Grant is uh, a professor, a second professor, <laughs> and he is marrying the wrong lady. She's boring. She's stuffy. She's uptight. We don't care for her much. Um, but luckily, he has an unlikely meet cute with a chaotic heiress mm-hmm. who is also marrying someone else. He's also boring, and we don't care for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to uh, t- taste wedding cakes, um, and they just happen to have the same appointment slot. And um, there's a there's a mishap, and their wedding cake toppers get uh-huh. mixed up. You should be a writer, oh, shouldn't I? You're, isn't she good, you she's guys? Good. <laughs> you're not she's, not that you're biased. She's got it. She is so good. Mm-hmm. Aw, thanks, mom. Um, and of course, they they end up together in the end after many many unexpected hijinks. Were we right, Jeremy? Uh, one of you was n- not close. None of you were right. You were all wrong. Very wrong. Wow. Uh, okay. okay. Ouch. <laughs> You're going to need to come on this so Totally long. wrong. God. But I have to Jeez, go see this now. So disappointing. Uh, when I heard about what this was about, I started immediately laughing, and I think I'm going to have to check this out because it is absolutely wild. So, uh, you guys... I should have made you pick the leading lady. Uh, this one's Constance Bennett, and Ooh. they are, like... 
he is not the leading man. She's not the leading lady. They are a duo in this one. Mm. Anyway, um, they're very rich, and early in the film, they die. <gasps> and uh, They're topped. No, that's not what it is. Mom. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, they, uh, they find out that they have to stay on Earth as ghosts because they didn't do anything bad or anything good. So to try and get into heaven, they go to their friend who is named Cosmo Topper, <gasps> and they start helping him try and get... Uh, reconciled with his wife but it's kind of like Weekend at Bernie's and they do all sorts of camera tricks where they're like he's kind of like past or Topper's kind of like passed out and they're helping him towards the elevator but they can turn invisible so he's like doing this weird like walk where like he would be on two people's shoulders it is this sounds really weird. Fun. Mom's talked about that. So great. It's How have they not so done so anything funny. good or anything bad? What did they or do? Or it just is like the exact equal uh, probably huge like the exact number Mine's of good and bad things. Thing where Gina Davis dies, you know, my absolute favorite all time. Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Come <laughs> <laughs> on, Sonia. I, 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 I was thinking more I'm like Weekend at Bernie's, but no, I was also I was picturing good place, Gina but, Davis. Yeah, yeah Beetlejuice. Anyway, it's from thirty-seven. And there's so two subsequent. There's movies. yeah, they're, they so they the formula worked, people, and they just Gotta kept pumping it. them out. Gotta Top, see Topper, it. Topper, Topper, baby. I'd recommend Topper. Uh, the game is, of course, brought to you by the best theater in town, the RPL Film Theater. And I think we can talk about what we're about to talk about. We've agreed. We have a big announcement. We have a major announcement. Yes. The, the host of Spoiler Alert <laughs> will be hosting the Oscars <gasps> viewing party yeah! at the RPL Film yeah. Theater. Oh, man. Oscar night. That's why they haven't announced the host yet, you guys. Yeah. It's, How it's us. You, y'all thought it's it was Kevin Hart? Us. It's local, and guess baby. what? No homophobic tweets in our past. No, well, no, I can't no. promise. That. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm good. I think I I'm think good. We better go yeah. scrub quick. But we I'll are going to talk over every commercial break. Oh yeah. And uh, I don't. I don't even know how we're going to do this. We don't know. We'll make predictions. Yeah. We'll. We have... might not even be able to do it now because we've announced it live on the radio. Yeah. We <laughs> don't even know. That's how life gets you. Yeah. But I think we can still do it. Amber, don't get mad at us. If you do, call me right away. We're sorry. Amber and knows. At the very least, we'll be dressed up very nice, and you guys can all watch the Oscars. With oh, us. do I have to dress? I didn't even think of that. Jeremy, yeah, we you will put a bow tie. I don't even have to crowns. iron my tuxedo. Crown top hat. You don't even know how to say tuxedo. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, tuxedo. Tuxedo, tuxedo t-shirt. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. All right. Well. With that very exciting announcement behind us, more details to come, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Um, that is February 24th. Our also. people are talking, so. We'll have our people contact everyone We have personally. people. Oh, my God, you we guys. We have people. <gasps> uh, it's time for us to resume our discussion uh, of screwball comedies. Um, I believe there is something we wanted to talk about. And I can't remember what we said it was. <laughs> it directors? was the difference. Well, directors, but the difference between oh, yes. screwball comedies and romantic comedies. Okay. I didn't know that was what we wanted to talk about. I'm going to be honest, but it sounds like you want to talk about it. So, Well, I have it. the best quote, okay. which really, um, because, um, well, Sonia actually shot me a few questions ahead of time so that I could prepare. Oh, yeah. And one of them was, um, so this subgenre ended in 1942, mm. are there vestiges in modern film? And I started thinking about it. But one of the things is um, don't get the two mixed up. Screwball, comedy, screwball is a parody of the romantic comedy. Mm. It's the silly over the sentimental. Mm. And that really, really describes it well. I think the gender dynamics mm. are really important because so often, as we talked a little bit mm -hmm. earlier, 
the women are women are driving the action and mm. you have strong female leads a lot of agency yeah so yeah like what but but i think there are vestiges of this genre in contemporary film mm-hmm. um so what do we think they are I feel like you could see some of it in like Coen Brothers stuff. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, f- I feel like it's a lot of the character, you know, the, the sort of archetype absolutely. that flows through. And uh, Quentin Tarantino loves the clip dialogue. Oh, yeah. yeah. Woody Allen, of course. Mm-hmm. The, the there have been a couple of attempts to sort of do it again. Yeah. And I, I can't I can't really think of anything specifically. I feel like I, something like How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days maybe? is trying to play on it a bit mm-hmm. with the, the battle of the sexes thing, the like um they they try to do that quippy dialogue. There is a lot of like people are really over the top and silly in some of these mm-hmm. movies. But, but honestly, How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days is like iconic rom com. Yeah. yeah and, it is. and I think where it ends is that it it goes for that like sentimental side. Mm. It goes for the like more human side at times. And so it doesn't stick with that same like really high, high level like not realistic. So absurd I, stuff. I've got a few, but okay. unfortunately, I'm not sure if we can call them contemporary because oh. the 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 most recent one I could come up with was with was from 1988. <laughs> I was close it? enough. I mean, a fish called Wanda. Oh, oh yes, absolutely. Oh, totally. um, and all of me. Starring two of my all-time I love favorites, all of me. Lily Tomlin and Steve Martin. Do you guys know the plot of All of Me? I have not seen it. Oh, so Lily no Tomlin idea. is an heiress that's about to die. She hires um, like a witch doctor to put her soul into a bowl, and then oh yeah, with using the bowl yes. they can put yes. it into Martin another person's head. body. But an accident hits Steve Martin on the head, and she is inside his body. And they can through a split screen, he can hear her and see her. And she sometimes she controls half of his body as well, and he gets into many situations. One of the funniest scenes ever is where they're fighting over control of his body. So he says, "Okay, you take half, and I'll take half." And Steve Martin, Lily Tomlin's not there. It's mm-hmm. Steve Martin's mm-hmm. physical comedy, and he is doing a woman on one side and a man on the other. It is absolutely a fabulous film, 1984. Mm. And he tries to use the bathroom, and he's like, you have to hold it. And she's like, <laughs> and she's like you? I don't know how to she's do like, that. like, I will not be doing <laughs> they that. They would be like you. Like, <laughs> like, like me, if you were in a man's body and oh. had to go to the bathroom, I could see you. You're presuming that I wouldn't. Okay. But assumption. Well, okay, let's I mean, let's assumption. I, th- I think I got in 1992. Okay. I think death becomes her probably yeah. is in this. Oh. Yes. That's it's got to be. Yeah. yeah. The over the top very impressive. The yeah. over the topness, but Bruce Willis is basically nothing in that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh well, he no, he's he's something, but But he's, he's kind of a He's like dare I say the straight man? I yeah, don't, you know. Yeah, he is. And, yeah. and there's lots of non-entities in screwball comedies, mm-hmm. especially the straight man. Like yeah. and um we were talking about Gary Cooper in Ball of Fire earlier, like he is an excellent straight man in that movie. Yes. Just constantly can play off how uptight he is. I've stuffy. got I actually have one. What? That's in this century. What? <laughs> Burn after reading. Oh, oh yeah. that's yeah. a good choice. Yeah. But, but I, I think that, because we were talking about the sort of Coen Brothers sort of, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. But I, I, I completely agree. Yeah. But one of the differences I see with a lot of these really contemporary ones like Coen Brothers is the violence that mm-hmm. couldn't be part of yeah. a screwball comedy like that. Some of the sex. Well, you do see a man die on stage and arsenic and old lace. Yeah. yeah. I say on stage <laughs> because actually all of these remind me of plays. They, okay, they, this is something really I talked yeah. about. Here's something interesting. 
Mo- a lot of them are. Most yeah. of them were. Because I think... Bringing up baby when was I was trying to page. think of... No, bringing up baby's the only one that wasn't. Right. When I was trying to think of them, I was like, I'm literally thinking of like Samuel French plays mm-hmm. where I'm like, there's like two sets, like a yeah. few yeah. characters and everyone's running around, mistaken identities everywhere. Very, very long scenes. Yeah. Like, su- mm. you know, super long scenes. Arsenic and lace. Um, his girl Friday was called the front page. Mm. He was adopted with Hildy being a man. Yeah, which I don't. Yes. That's quite the adapted screenplay because how, like the the ex the ex wife of it all and like her new partner is like <laughs> the kind of, a, of it all. It's like a huge plot in it. So I'm not sure how much they rewrote. The violence is interesting though because like it is arsenic and old lace is so dark and yeah. so spooky. But no, like explicit violence, mm-hmm. sort of. <laughs> Except some boys like, in the head. Well, you, you can do it in high school because I've seen it done in oh, high school, boy. right? Exactly. Like it's well, it's it's, it's okay. It's old timey, right? so it's yeah. fine. It's great to see a sixteen-year-old girl toss on It's just the poisoning. You it's guys. just a little okay. poisoning. It's nothing. Um, I did have one other one um, that I wanted to talk about. Another. Uh, modern one, uh-huh. um, which I think I don't know if any of you have seen, but it's an amazing movie to watch. Uh, What's Up, Doc? Mm, I haven't seen 1973, it. starring Ryan O'Neill and Barbara Streisand. Ooh. And Ryan O'Neill is this buttoned-up, it's set in San Francisco, uh, rich guy, and Barbara Streisand is this absolute kook hippie type. She mm. would have it no other way. Yeah, <laughs> you could. It was, and her costumes are great. Um, but it's it's exactly that dialogue. Um, some of the interesting, one of the most interesting things is how Ryan O'Neill does a kick at his um, his role in Love Story, mm. where when they're talking oh. about love, he goes, "Oh yeah, like that terrible line: love never means never having to say you're sorry." <laughs> he says that in the film. Yes, that's interesting. The same as um, uh, where um, what is it? Cary Grant talks about, "Oh, that idiot Archie Leach." Mm. There's some oh. of those, those nuggets that you get in the dialogue. I didn't even catch that. Yeah. One. Um, he also said something about. Um, the actor that plays the husband, or like Ralph be Bellamy, husband, she's like he looks. He's he looks like he looks like a real Frank Bellamy type. Oh yeah, <laughs> Ralph Bellamy, or and Ralph he Bellamy. is. Yeah. In fact, that's his name. Mm. Good, Jeremy, you're so no, er, that's Sean. Yeah, Sean, no. you're so Jeremy's good. Okay, the audience can't see. Where <laughs> yeah, Jeremy you're so is good so at clever. That. God, you are clever, Jeremy. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, mom, you have like three minutes. If you have anything else you need to cover. Do you want to talk about your favorite directors? Do you want to talk about other elements you love? Do you want to just read from your packet? <laughs> I just, well, I did want to say that there was one TV show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah that, that's right. And I know... I did, well, we're doing this under duress, I'm going to say. Jeremy doesn't yeah. want us to, but, is, but Sean and Sonia said I could. Uh, this was one of our favorites. We've got favorites. arsenic held to his lips. <laughs> I think a, a rom-com... Well, first of all, screwball comedy. Could Lucy, the oh, Lucy yeah. show, mm-hmm. be any different? Um, you know, like that was yeah. the original, mm-hmm. but Greg and Dharma. Oh, Dharma and Greg. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what she meant. <laughs> I feel like that's such like, a momism. I was like, what's Greg and Dharma? No, Dharma Greg and, and Dharma. Damn. Okay, you're so right, though. I totally. Am. I know. Yeah. And it was one of the ones we watched when you were a little preteen. <laughs> oh, that's cute. And not a preteen son, yeah. <laughs> it is, though. D and G. A lot of, actually, I think you could say, like, a lot of sitcoms, 
Like, I think there are a lot of elements of screwball comedy that we still are fond of. I, I wonder if it is this sort of element of safeness that they still have to hold, mm-hmm. right? Because it's still... They, well, with network TV, right? Sure. It's, it's worse than it was for the the Hayes folk. Yeah, but uh, you know, it's understandable. It's it's out there. It's the, the way it's. But uh, I wonder if it's again that kind of inventiveness that you were that has driven it, right? Well, the good ones are. Well, maybe. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Bad sitcoms do it badly. Oh, I think all sitcoms are kind of bad. Can well, I come back and talk about the other ages, subgenres of the Golden Hollywood? Or did I talk too much? <laughs> you, no. got, you got 90 seconds. You know what? We'll review know. with the listeners, and uh, <laughs> we'll see if you're invited back. Tune in next week for okay. part two. of. <laughs> Maybe we'll sign you on for a full two-year contract. No. no. As long as you don't get married. No. Okay. Just a little studio humor for you. <laughs> for your film nerds out there. I thought that was really clever. MGM. Thank you. Uh, all right. Well, it's time now to go to our weekly segment, What You Watching, in which we discuss things we're watching right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean, would you like to start? Sure. I watch a lot of these screwballs, mm-hmm. but also I found time to go into Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. <gasps> oh, nice. good. How was it? And it was real cute and mm-hmm. bizarre and funny and weird. <laughs> did you cry? I um, I did get misty. Yeah. And I also was doing some laughing. And also, um, this is a very big aside, but um, I thought that Doc Ock uh, was really reminding me of friend of the show, Amber P.P. <laughs> oh, oh, no. I see which, it now. Which maybe she would not like to, to know that, but I was laughing so hard because I mentioned <laughs> Amber. Like, she always wears a lab coat, actually. Yeah, really I have seen her in a lab coat a lot of times. She likes wearing yeah. a lab coat. Amber, you could invent some arms that could help you do more stuff. Oh, and think of what she could thing. curate with all oh those arms. God. Oh, she could be curating four <laughs> different things. <laughs> Jeremy, what you watching? Uh, I watched a little a little documentary, uh, which I hope to expand into a full show, which we'll talk about later, oh. called The Love Me When I'm Dead, which is about Orson Welles' Orson final Wells. film. I heard it was amazing. Uh, well, it's about his final film. Mm. Why can't I remember the title now? The Other Side of the Wind. Yes. Which they have also released on Netflix. Oh. So 40 years in the making of this. And uh, F for Fake is another Orson Welles film. It is probably one of my favorite movies. Certainly my favorite Orson Welles movie. And uh, I am terrified to watch this new one. Mm. Because I love F for Fake so much. And I think it might, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. What if you're disappointed? I think I'm going to be disappointed. Oh. But, it, you know, it was, he, he wasn't alive when they finished it. Mm-hmm. You know, the yeah. proper editor didn't edit it. All these things didn't go down. Anyway, the documentary about the making of this was really incredible. And uh, it just showed how sort of crazy he kind of got and why he kind of got that crazy mm. and all the things that happened and how he just sort of gave up because... He was just sick of Hollywood. Mm. Like he just could. Mm-hmm. He just didn't Not want all to participate. Of us make it, you know? And that was it. Yeah. So. What's that? I can't think of the title of my favorite Orson Welles, where he's in. The Amazing Ampersons. No. Well, I'll talk, we'll talk about it later. I'm. He'll mm. come up when we're talking about Hollywood. Mom, what you watching? Anything other than screwball comedies? And mm. Darwin Greg. <laughs> Sorry, Greg. Not and watching Darwin Greg anymore. Um. I no, that's, that's I forgot to tell you that watched. was a requirement. Oh, okay, sorry. You go ahead. Not a requirement. About it. Did, was there any? We watched Arsenic and Old Lace and Ball, ball of Fire. Fire. Okay. Great Ball of Fire. Great Ball of Great Fire. Ball of Fire. Great Ball of Fire. Um, I discovered a new Netflix obsession this week. You did. 
uh, regular listeners of the show know that I love a good Netflix binge and to talk about TV in this segment just to make Jeremy upset. Sonia, why do you do oh, this? Oh, I thought we couldn't talk about TV. I could talk about that. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Okay, well, we'll come TV. back to you so you can talk about what TV you're watching just to further upset Jeremy. Yeah, that's okay. Um, there's a new series on Netflix called Sex Education that I am one hundred percent obsessed with oh yeah it looks it's okay. so good um starring jillian anderson i thought that was of her. the x-files oh. my family thought i was crazy so she's so fantastic and basically she is a sex therapist and her teenage son gets recruited by the cool like manic pixie dream girl in school to provide sex therapy to all the students of his high school who all have many many problems sex therapy yeah, like, basically, so there are, like, um, two recently out lesbians who are having difficulty with their sex life. And so he, like, figures out how to cancel them, counsel them, because it's actually about their relationship. <laughs> how to cancel them. Um, but it's also just about, like, all of these teenagers' lives and their relationships. And it's, like, it's just really well written. It's really well shot. You would really like the costumes, actually, Sean. Like, everyone, like, all of the wardrobe is 100% on point. Um, Does she, like, ghost counsel for him? No, he's just, like, learned a lot from being the kid of a therapist. And then he, like, sometimes will listen in on her sessions, uh, which is, like, a little bit of a spoiler, but not really. Um, it's kind of hard to explain why it's so good, like... I don't know. Just everyone should go watch it. I am obsessed. I'm trying to slow myself down and so I don't just watch it all before it's over, but before it's over. I mean, like, so that it's over in, like, two days. Make it last. But it's not working, and I love it. I have a movie. What is it? Jeremy, just for you. Thank you. Sonia went with us. The new Mary Poppins. Uh, I talked about it last week, so what were your thoughts? How do you feel? Ah, I loved it. I love the costumes. The costumes are what made me think of it. Mm. Um, and everything Sonia said last week. Did you listen? Obviously, I didn't earlier. She's your oh. mama. She, she usually listens. I usually she's, listen. She's been busy. Yes. Okay. So, oh, did you have a TV one you wanted yeah. to mention? You can talk about TV. Mm -hmm. I'm going to groan, but you can do it. Well, oh. <laughs> I watch a series on um, uh, uh, HBO called... Ray Donovan and I watched the season finale last night. Like the series finale? Yeah. No, this uh, season the finale. Season? Not sure if it's coming back. So, oh, it's, what is Ray Donovan about? Yeah, it's really about you. a Boston family, um, uh, and uh, this family of they're they're just terrible human beings. Um, and the main character, Ray Donovan, is a fixer. And it starts out in Hollywood, where he fixes things for this great producer played by Elliot Gould. Oh, cool. Um, and that's five seasons ago. This season was set in New York. And, um, you know, the season finale, or the, the, the season finale was just gory and uh, awful. But Ooh. Is this one of the shows that Dad refuses to watch with you? He goes downstairs. <laughs> he doesn't like violence. <laughs> what does he do down there? Plants. He has a lot of plants. <laughs> plants. He's starting plants. Yeah, the starting like, plant. Like for hours at a time? Oh, Jeremy, Do you know the how long plants, plants take? But the amount of plants this man has, like, it's comical. Cactus, and he's starting things like flowers and, and peppers and tomatoes to grow in the garden. So he starts them inside, and then when it's seasonable... Yeah, no, I understand out. how this works. Do you know okay. the concept <laughs> of starting? Well, you look so astounded. And flats and flats of them. Okay. Well, it's one of his many ADHD obsessions. Okay, well, we'll let him have it then. I'll let him have it. Yeah, I'll allow it. You're allowed a yeah. TV. Yeah, it's, I mean... Oh, it's it's a, just, 
It's charitable in this room right now. Um, <laughs> we will be continuing on with our series on the golden age of Hollywood. Do we have our next show planned? I don't know that we have our next show planned. We have a few suggestions. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Dawn has 100 suggestions. Um, so maybe we'll just get her to, to fill them all in. But if you, the listener, have suggestions about episodes for this series, we would love to hear from you. So you can find us on Facebook or Twitter um, or Instagram, Instagram, although we'd never use it, but we'll check it. Uh, or you could email us. Or, you know, send us a letter send or a, a telegram, yes. um, a carrier pigeon, a smoke signal, perhaps. Mm-hmm. I feel like Jeremy's looking at his phone in a way that makes me think he has something he wants to say. No, or... I, I keep trying to look things up that are relevant to what we're talking about, but then moments later, we kind of switch things, and then it, you know. you got to be on your feet, baby. It's fast-moving in this deal. room. It's fast-moving. I think our Twitter is at SpoilerAlertYQR, if I'm not mistaken. Sounds beautiful. Yeah. Um, so please give us your suggestions. Uh, Drama. We'll be happy to hear Dramas. them. Dramas. Yeah. <laughs> Drama. Not Drama. musicals. Not musicals. Well, we already did a movie musicals episode. Did, but, yeah. I mean, there's uh, always Golden more Age to musicals? Say. There's always that's more a to different, say. That's a different game. So or maybe leading up to you hosting the Academy Awards, you could do Golden Age Academy Award winners. See? She's a fountain of ideas, this woman. Um, this is where I get it. This is where it happened one night as a Academy Award history. It's Absolutely. Because it's one of the top, one of the three films that had got the big five, which I did not expect when I saw it. Oh, yeah. It was so it was so breakout for its time. I had no idea. We could talk about the scandal that was Judy Garland losing to Grace Kelly for A Star is Born, which... Is shocking. Also, Dorothy Dorothy Dandridge, who was the first black woman uh, nominated for uh, Best Actress, lost that year too for. Um, oh, she's thinking. Oh, I can't remember. I'm sorry. It's okay. Jean, it's a it's a woman's name. Anyway, she also lost that same year. Hmm. Oh, Grace Kelly, what didn't you do? Gosh, Princess, you of have Monaco. Monaco. <laughs> what more do you want? First well, Monaco, then the world. On that note. That ends things of our first episode of Hollywood's Golden Age here on Spoiler Alert on 91.3 FM CJTR Regina Community Radio. We'd like to thank everyone at the station. We'd like to thank Saskatoon's The Garys for the use of our theme song, Manituna. I'd like to thank my co-hosts and my lovely mother for being on tonight's episode. Uh, and I'd like to thank all of you for listening. Check us out everywhere on the internet. We are available as a podcast. Thank you so much and see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.